Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. Welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode is Nick Baker, Chief Operating Officer for AEG Global Partnerships, which represents AEG's entire portfolio of world-class venues, sports franchises, and music brands securing over $600 million in annual revenue from more than 1,000 brand partners. Nick, it's great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jim. I'm honored to be here. Well, you know, you and I spoke recently, and I was really struck by something that you mentioned. You know, we talk a lot about sports being fully back in person this year, which is great. But mostly we talk about that from a fan standpoint. But you've seen an impact on business and how being together with people has really created opportunities that simply didn't exist when we couldn't attend events live and in person. Can you can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. Certainly bring fans back is is the central theme of our business in in live entertainment. But, you know, from a commercial standpoint, you know, we're in the relationship business and those relationships are best created in person. And so when you have the ability to bring, you know, your current clients or prospective clients out to a live event in which you're discussing a potential partnership with, that's the best, you know, platform for those discussions to take place. And and I think really there's two parts to to that theme that we're seeing crystallized right now, which is internally and externally. And I'll, I'll focus first on the internal standpoint. From an employee perspective, that's where our best work gets done. And the collaboration and you know being together with our colleagues at a live event allows us to make adjustments, to think of new ideas of the ways in which we can activate or bring a live event or a sponsor's objectives to fruition in better form is best in person. And that collaboration internally has led to great new ideas, which create new revenue streams for us. And so, you know, that internal, you know, component has been central for some success that we've had in in the, you know, just recent past and kind of in the present day. And then externally, you know, I highlight an event we had just a couple weeks ago in Las Vegas. We were the promoters for El Clasico, Real Madrid and Barcelona. And I'm struck by in that particular suite, we were hosting clients and and we had Manny Rodriguez, I know who was a a member of of this platform here right a couple of weeks ago, UC Health. He he came out to enjoy the match with us, and we talked about our partnership that we have with him in Colorado around some of our music assets. We had our friend Bill Mello from Toshiba speaking about some business that we do with him in Berlin and London, and then we had other 
partners and clients there that were speaking about the whole AG portfolio. And it was all centered around them being at that game. And right. so business gets done in those settings of live entertainment. It's it's so great to hear that you're you know you're able to do that again and and create those relationships. We also talked about the fact that there are some some new companies and and, and new categories that are part of those conversations, and, and it's exciting to see always new players come into the sports marketing space. Uh, what are you seeing in terms of uh, emerging categories? Well, there, there there seems to be a rush of new opportunities and new categories. Those live events give you an opportunity to meet with those new new folks, right? So whether it's private equity. Uh, you know, making an investment in a startup, the opportunity to host those folks at a live event allows you to learn a little bit more about what their businesses are doing. One theme that we're seeing is certainly um, the the objective around small businesses, whether you're a small business yourself or you're a major business and your focus is on how you can cater to small businesses, whether that's in the financial sector, the legal sector, services that can be brought to a small business seems to be a theme. You know, software as a service is certainly a, a critical component to any business being run. And so we see a lot of those folks using our platforms to convey to small business owners that they can help their business grow. You know, I think we've, I've seen that in the past sometimes with, with with sponsors who, as you say, have customers who are small businesses, kind of maybe passing through some some sponsorship rights, kind of share, sharing the wealth, if you will. Are you, are you seeing any of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's a component of of some of the bigger businesses doing good to the smaller organizations that are beginning to grow. And so a lot of times we are creating partnerships that have pass-through abilities, depending upon the category, where a business can say to another, we purchased this inventory from AEG and we have this platform. We'd like to bring you on board. And, And that to us is a great component, right? We want any of our partnerships to make that partner's business better. And, and in theory, a lot of that time, a lot of that means in times they need to provide that that visibility to a business partner of theirs. And that has become very successful for us in several aspects of our business. Another thing that you mentioned in our conversation is, is one of the things that you're watching is how the marketplace is approaching, I think you use the term oversupply of Jersey sponsorship opportunities. And that there, you know, there are a lot, right? We've got all the MLB teams and the NHL teams in the market with the first time offers. You've got renewals uh, in the NBA and, and the MLS with that when their rights are becoming available again. What's your take on how how those uh, those patch deals, the jersey deals, are being bought and sold? Yeah, um, it's certainly a buyer's market. There's a great deal of opportunity for brands to determine what's best for them. Um, there's also a tremendous opportunity for teams when you create that type of new inventory. Um, each of the disciplines, the, the you know the the sport disciplines, have their intricacies. Whether it's through the ratings they have or the size of the logo. In hockey, you've got a patch and a helmet, uh, soccer, you've got a sleeve and your chest baseball's got the prominence of, of the visibility for such a, a large portion of games. So each are so unique. I think, you know, for us, we try to focus on the inventory that we have around the teams that we own and going out and finding, not selling that partnership, but building that partnership. Well, that's a big theory for us is we don't sell anything. We build things with, with others. And so we recently announced an extension with Herbalife, who has been the only partner of the LA Galaxy on our chest and, and one of the biggest and best in the MLS again, dating back to 2007. It was really critical for us, Jim, to not take that to market because we have had such success activating that partnership. And that longevity means a lot to us, right? That we were able to deliver 
on several iterations of that contract means that we over delivered candidly and that they were ready to come to the table again. And what Herbalife brings to the team is, is authentic integration of their products, which has become a real you know, systematic process for our team and our, our training staff. They've got global ambassadors all over the world who are, in a sense, Galaxy fans, help spread our brand. We've got games that are played you know, internationally, which which create greater reach for the team. And then the community is a huge aspect. They're based here at LA Live. We're based here in LA and we give back to the community in which the Galaxy plays. And so for us, that was, you know, a much deeper theme than just their logo on the front of our jersey. Yeah. And I, I think that's an excellent point, right? Because, yeah, quite frankly, I, I did a little research not too long ago and looking at the, the NBA patches in particular and I, quite frankly, was a little surprised at the amount of turnover <laughs> that there that there had been in terms of you know companies that that had signed on originally did not renew, and and those teams were back in the marketplace finding finding new partners, which which they all did. But I think it really speaks, as you say, to the fact that um, you know your your deal with Herbalife, and, and there are other examples as well of of folks who have taken jerseys and and, and patch sponsorships and and done more with them than just said, hey, we, you know, we're hoping for a lot of a lot of eyeballs on on our brand name. So, uh, you know, kudos to you for that. When you're doing a renewal like that with with somebody who's been a partner for for such a long time, I would imagine. Some of that conversation is also about how do we how do we refresh this for for the fans, right? We don't want to get you know kind of complacent, if you will, and and uh, with with activations in, in in the marketplace after you know a fifteen year period. Does that enter into it too? Like, hey, what 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 new things can can we introduce now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, many of these partnerships, in the case of Herbalife, you know, digital marketing, right? Well, that's an aspect, if you look back when we started in 2007, uh, you know, a, a social media strategy was not contemplated. And now, you know, to have a, a strategy in the digital space that is anything longer than six months is is probably archaic. So for us, having, you know, a, a real sense of, of relationship and partnership with an organization as critical as you create flexibility throughout the duration of a partnership to pivot to what matters to you at a particular time or to the client at a particular time. And so as we looked at this extension or we look at any extension, it's about the people that we're doing the business with and making sure that we're incorporating a lot of the things that we added into the partnership. So a lot of the integration of their product, so to speak, was not contractually committed to. It was something that we authentically wanted to have happen. We knew it was good for the, the, the brand, but it also was something that we believed in. Now that becomes a contractual component. So you, you catch up to the times a little bit, Jim, and then you also realize, let's keep some open space here for what's going to develop into the future so that we can you know be creative together. That's the exciting part of our business, right? No doubt. Uh, yeah, I want to switch gears a little bit and and talk about ticketing and and and, and premium seating because obviously with all of the venues that are a part of the AEG network, you get to see a lot that's going on there. And there really has been a, a lot of discussion lately about kind of what what's the future of, of premium, whether that's related to some of the the new inventory that's come on the scene with you know with new stadiums and arenas introducing new things to the marketplace, but as well as you know whether the business model. Long-term leases, you know, some people are saying we might need to shift a little bit there to accommodate the different needs of the buyers. What what are you seeing in terms of what's happening with with premium? Well, again, I think competition is wonderful, 
And and what you have in the premium space and really in all of sports and entertainment is great competition. And the winner there is the fan. I think that's what's at times um, the most interesting and exciting opportunity at working uh, at AEG and having a chance to represent this portfolio, but then the most challenging as well, right? Where to begin with a client and then how do we grow with a client? And so what we face is you know, there are different buyers and objectives, you know, based upon genre. Music has its own unique aspect to, you know, how a brand can can show up and resonate with fans versus sports. And then you certainly have, you know, regional differences, whether that's throughout this country or in other countries that we operate. And so what we try to do is a dual approach. We try to look at it as the opportunity for a brand to come on board with AEG and do a multi-asset partnership that can span anything in our portfolio, whether music, access ticketing, you know, our large venues or our sports teams, or we look at individual properties. And so we have, you know, set up an infrastructure here, Russell Silvers and myself set up an infrastructure around asset ownership initiatives. So we've got folks that wake up each day thinking about particular property or properties, but they have the ability to include the rest of the portfolio through their colleagues. And so it's just an arm's length away to make a partnership global very quickly, or you can focus individually on a particular entity that we have. And we found that formula to to be very successful. And so now you you look around at the new venues or renovated buildings. We just released a a big announcement about the next three years, uh, what we're going to do at Crypto.com Arena around renovations. But you look at these big brand new buildings that are being built and the premium is wonderful. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas has unbelievable premium. You know, that's in the the portfolio of of AEG and ASM, but I'll tell you outside the portfolio there are unbelievable competitors who are doing things whether it's SoFi or or others who have great premium spaces. And so your premium customer has an expectation uh, of one what they expect when they when they arrive but what they're willing to pay. And so for us I think we need to differentiate between you know, price component of what we're seeking as an investment from that fan and what that exchanges in the value of what they're getting back. Now, the team is always so critical to that, right, Jim? You know, you, you think about the best teams in their p- particular sports, you're going to go see that 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 team play great sport no matter where you are. And I can think of some, if I close my eyes, I'm sure you can too. I've sat in some pretty bad seats for, <laughs> for great events, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, there, there is that component, but you want to be able to have a premium seating experience that, that really resonates whether the team is playing great or whether they're struggling. And I think where AEG has a real, you know, unique proposition is that we have got such major markets all over the world and so many different genre of events. And so if you think about what the future may hold for us, I think you'll have a, you know, an opportunity as a as a premium customer of AEG to have a membership into a place that that allows you the flexibility to go to Crypto.com Arena for a Lakers game or a Kings game, or maybe you know pivot to T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, or maybe you're at a music festival, you know, throughout the world in our ecosystem, and now all of a sudden you've got kind of this pass that allows you a different type of experience than just purchasing one singular property. You mentioned, of course. Crypto.com Arena, and and uh, definitely want to ask you about that. It's one of the the biggest deals that that you all or, or really anyone has done recently. And of course, now you know with everything that's going on in in the crypto market these days, there have been questions arising about the stability of some of the companies in that space. Lots of conversation around the contract terms uh, in those deals that are you know hopefully going to protect you know both sides, but but especially the the, the rights holders. 
am I correct in assuming that that all of that was was part of the conversation as as you were putting that deal together? Absolutely. There, there was a great deal of review from our side, protections, you know, uh, decisions made around risk and reward. I certainly make mention of of kind of the the predicament that AEG was in, or we we found ourselves in, was an opportunity to refresh the building with a new partner, looking into the future, but also. You know, we were in a relationship that, you know, uh, with Staples that would allow them to continue on as the naming rights partner in perpetuity with revenue that was not advantageous to us. Let's right. we, we can make that that point. And so I think the real, you know, and I give great credit to, to our owner for his belief in, in what our vision was for that and Todd Goldstein for his initial concept of let's go back and let's take the, you know these rights back and, and let's make, uh, you know, uh, create an opportunity for us to go out to the market and find a new partner for the future and a new revenue stream for the future. And with that becomes great risk, right? When you do a 20-year partnership, no one can know the future exactly, no matter what the category is. And we certainly have faced that across our portfolio um, with other categories and other naming rights that, that we have done at AEG. But we feel really confident with the decision that we made and the protections that we have. And most importantly, the people in which we did this partnership with and, and the product that they have as a marketplace, we're excited for the future with them and 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 have great confidence. I definitely want to ask you because you've been you've been doing this for a while and, and, and doing it very successfully, putting together of uh, of really great partnerships. I'd love your perspective on whether you think it's easier or harder to, to do these kinds of deals, to, to sell sponsorships and partnerships now versus when when you started out, which is now more than 15 years ago. You know, I would think I would think it's the same, you know, it, it, not to give you, a, a, you know, uh, not a direct answer. But the, the truth is, is that. If you think about all of the new advantages that we have from a technology perspective, right, the, the ability to do a video call and 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 all of those kind of extensions, the data that we have has has so much, you know, behind it that allows us to to really understand maybe where we're missing or where we're doing really well and allows us to grab revenue from that. Those are all new extensions. And I think that's actually a point of, of key differentiation for AEG is that we own Access, which is our, our ticketing company, right? And so you're, you're selling 32 million tickets a year across every type of live entertainment event that could take place, whether it's a music event at a small club or it's our white-labeled music festivals to our large arenas and sports teams. And so what we're able to do with that data, that first party data is understand the buying habits of that consumer and where they're spending, you know, their, their dollars. And, and what we can do with that is formulate a strategy to highlight enhanced uh, experiences for them into the future that we hope they will purchase. And access has afforded us some great knowledge and data that, that, that we can pull from, but also then commercial inventory for partners to come on board and help us further enhance that, whether it be, you know, the buy now, pay later category, or maybe it's through travel and the opportunities for hotels and, and airline and uh, car service to all, you know, come into the live event experience and the ecosystem of, of purchasing a ticket and help enhance that experience before you even get there. And then, of course, as you leave that experience. And so that data has been central for us in terms of learning and growing. And, and at the end of the day, the fan being rewarded. But I think if you put, you know, in the middle of the table, all the 
pluses and all the minuses of how hard it may be or how easy it is to sell, I think the number would be the same in terms of good things and bad things. If you looked back 10 years ago, I think some of the you know best habits that we have are, are, are traits that we were doing 15 plus years ago. And so you don't lose any of those. The hope is that you learn from the things that are not uh, making your business better and that you evolve. And I think we've done that as an industry, but you know, at the center, it's really a relationship business, right? We have an opportunity and a platform that we think can message a brand's product or services to a unique demographic of fans who are fanatics of that particular, you know, entity, whether it's a sports team or a music festival. And that is a great place to be as a, you know, as a brand and a consumer. And so, a lot of times we think through when we're at one of our live events, that's the best place to bring a brand to say your brand needs to be here, whether that's Coachella or, you know, it's Hyde Park in London, right? These these live entertainment events are, are it's a wonderful business that we're all in and brands find, you know, value in being there and showing up in unique ways. And I think that hasn't changed. Right. And that, as you said, and that's that's what makes this such a great business, you know, that that fundamental equation of of connecting people to brands through the things that they're passionate about, the events that they love, the experiences that they get to have. You know, we're all glad that that has not changed, even even if uh, uh, a pandemic may have tried to <laughs> try to. Yeah. Upend it. I, I think what what sometimes happens is we, we think it has gotten harder because the industry has and, and brands have gotten smarter. Yeah. But in theory, that is a great thing for all of us. We have more information. We're able to share that information more readily than we could have 15 years ago, right? An activation that takes place somewhere in our industry last night has already made news this morning virally, right? Whereas 15 plus years ago, that might have taken me a little while for you to hear about what is happening. Yeah. Uh, and I think that has enabled us to say, okay, that's a good idea over there. We need to start thinking about how we can do something that in that manner, or or maybe you're the leader in that space and you continue to evolve. So I think by by the industry and the brands becoming smarter with the data, I think the industry as a whole has gotten better, but it does make you accountable, right? You've got you've got to deliver on these projects more so than in the past when you just felt like it was was doing good work. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's that that's a, a great summation of, of kind of where we are in the industry. So we'll leave it there. And I'll just say, Nick, thanks so much. It's always great uh, uh, hearing from you and and hearing what's going on at, at AEG Global Partnerships. And, and hopefully we can we can do it again down the road. Ah, thank you so much, Jim. It's been a pleasure. All right, Nick. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching and listening. And please join us again for the next episode in the All Access interview series.